Hey guys, Jay Stryker here, professional bass angler. Hey everybody, I'm Wesley Stryker, professional bass fisher. Hey guys, my name is Rex Del Rey from Action Hat and Fish Fresh. Hi, this is Luke Clausen, Bassmaster Elite Series Pro. Hey guys, it's Jim Root, writer, Smallmouth Ninja. You're listening to On the Hook with Daryl Bars. What's going on, fishing folks? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Fisherman's Journal podcast. I am that fisherman. My name is Daryl Bars, and this is my journaling podcast forum. So you can take the podcast with you wherever you want to, whether you're working out in the gym, driving to work in your car, out there fishing from the bank or the boats, or if you're driving to the boat ramp, you have a way to get your fishing your fishing fix in uh, via this podcast. Now, today's podcast episode, we have Jeremy Albright on, and Jeremy's a development manager for Berkeley Fishing. And what that means is that he has insight and uh, answers to all of the pressing questions like what is Berkeley doing next? What products are coming out next? Uh, how do you develop the lures, uh, the fishing names that they have for the lures? Anything that's dealing with Berkeley fishing and product, this guy has an answer to. So we'll be talking to him about about Berkeley Powerbait Max Sense and how that line of lures is taking the fishing industry by storm. There's a lot of tournament anglers winning tournaments on the Berkeley line of Powerbait Max Sense. Um, and after that, we'll be talking about um, his, some of his favorite lures and some of the hard baits coming out on the market as well from Berkeley that are really, really good and, and how to get their names and things like that. So, guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back uh, with Jeremy Albright from Berkeley Fishing to talk about Berkeley Powerbait Max Sense. All right, so to get things started, Jeremy, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself? Sure thing. I'm Jeremy Albright. I'm the brand development manager for uh, Berkeley Line and Bait. And, um, you know, I grew up in the outdoors, avid outdoorsman, hunting and fishing predominantly in the West, uh, Montana and Colorado. And, and uh, you know, grew up fishing power bait in, uh, in mountain lakes, you know, power bait trout doing things like that. And had an opportunity to come and join the company here, what, 14 months ago and, and absolutely had to jump on that and having the, having the time of my life here. So, Jeremy, for the people that don't know, you're the brand development manager. So what exactly is your job? What do you do for the company? That's a really good question. It's a little bit of everything, it seems like. But our, our high-level job is to, to, um, to outline the strategic direction for the brand. Um, that includes the product development piece as well as the, the brand and the, the go-to-market strategies associated with the brands across the globe. So it's a pretty all-encompassing kind of a kind of a role, which is which is unique. It keeps us on our toes. Definitely keeps us abreast of what's going on, um, you know, globally as well as what's in our our own backyard here in in, the, in North America. So that means you had a complete or uh, a good hand in creating these hard baits that Berkeley just came out with, correct? Absolutely. You're known for your your fishing line, the trialing, and you know the Havocs lines and the soft plastics. But you know you now have this hard bait line now. Uh, tell me a bit more about that one. Sure thing. Um, hard baits for us have been, quite honestly, a little bit of a mystery, and I say it that way um, because we've had several different lines of hard bait over the years, um, and they were all very effective. You know, sometimes we we have winning go to market strategies. Sometimes we fail in, in different things and. And uh, this go around, we partnered with um, David Fritz, who is a 
a long-standing FLW and BASS pro, and is probably known as one of the, the all-time greatest crankbait fishermen, uh, especially in bass fishing. And so, you know, he had some really good ideas on on how to do th- on what crankbait should be, uh, specifically one like the dredger, for example. Um, he had some really good ideas on how to take a, a smaller bait profile and get it deeper, faster, um, to where we could kind of outpace the competition. So in working with him, he really kind of educated us in some new ways on what hard baits do from a, not only like a diving depth and dive curves and things of that nature, but also in action and how they wobble in the water to the sounds that they make in the water and the different kinds of rattles, um, and what they do. Uh, so he brought kind of an f- English perspective into that, and then we were able to back that up with technology and bring the technology to validate some of those things. So, for example, um, a frequency of a bait or a wobble of a bait in the action, we can quantify that scientifically and say X, X bait or a dredger at 25 feet is running. It, it has a, a frequency of 60 hertz. Let's just pick a number. I don't know if that's the exact number, but we can use that science to back up what David's hunting for, so to speak. And if you want something a little bit less or a little bit more, we can easily measure those kinds of things and bring it back into the development cycle uh, from a scientific standpoint. The other thing that was really interesting with David specifically is as he was coming on board with us, we were expanding our rapid prototype capabilities. So if you think about, you know, traditional hard baits and it's not just specific to Berkeley, a lot of guys or a lot of companies even kind of start with some kind of a, a hard prototype and that could be literally whittled out of wood or carved out of plastic or machined uh, out of plastic. And that kind of cycle takes a long time and used to take us, you know, several weeks to uh, over a month to to create one bait. We've even grown our 3d printing uh, prototype capabilities to where, you know, with David in the building, he can sketch something we can draw in our 3d modeling software. And two hours later, we're swimming a bait in the lake you know, full up with hooks in the whole nine yards. And so we've been able to take that development cycle and shrink it greatly. So really with David, it was a kind of a whole encompassing program. That was a really long-winded answer to say we were able to shrink our design time. He brought some really good ideas. And we were back, able to back it up with science and technology to help these baits actually get and do what they need to be doing to catch more fish. And, and that's very interesting. I think most people, when they go to the store, you know, Bass Pro Shops or uh, their local tackle shop, and they pick out a lure, they're not – thinking about how much time and effort went into actually creating the actual product they just picked up. So from beginning to end, about how long does it take for you to design the lure all the way to this ready to be seen at ICAST or to be put on the shelves at the store? That's a really good question. So the dredger, that's a function of about two and a half to three years of solid development work. Um, Part of that is going through the the prototyping process. and And a lot of that is, field testing and lab evaluation to make sure it actually does what we've set out to get the thing to do. Um, that's one of the things I really enjoy about working with our pros is they're very particular. And David's a very, very particular uh, individual and it was had very hard and fast criteria for, for the dredger, for example. And so it takes a long time to get that just exactly right, because we want to put out products that really do live up to what Berkeley stands for about catching more fish. And so if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, then we'll delay it for another year to get to the next ICAST, so to speak, so we can make sure that we're putting out the right products for our consumers. Good. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because, of course, I don't have your job and I don't, I'm not sitting there doing the whole design process. But who designs the colors and the, the different combination of colors that you put on each bait? 
Ooh, that's another good question. It's a combination of folks, really. So, like, in, if I go back to the dredge or our current hard baits, David has in his mind some of the colors that he fishes in the tournament trails on a regular basis. Um, we have our market research from a, on my brand team perspective. We bring it in and say, this is what we think is hot in the market. Um, this, these are the colors that are going to sell to an angler, but also catch fish. Um, and then we have the global perspective on what bass specifically eat you know, across different regions. And then our engineering team or R&D team, they've got some different colors in mind based on the same kind of a thing where they know different colors and different kind of water clarities and temperatures are more attracted to fish than others. So bringing that all together, we'll come up with a, a an inclusive color list. Is there ever a time when you look at a lure and you say, I'm going to make you some odd off the wall color that is not on the spectrum of what people usually use? Uh, occasionally we do. Um, certainly, I would say certainly more so like in our walleye baits, our flicker line of baits. Mm-hmm. We have some really off the wall stuff there that are, as a bass angler at heart, they're really non-traditional, look really kind of goofy, if you will. Um, but it really depends on on the, the market segment we're targeting and who that angler is, what they're willing to take and you know not take. So this might be a, a question that's not really a part of everything else, but I love the names of these lures. You have the juke and the war pig and the digger. How do you come up with these names to uh, to put on these lures? Oh, that's that's a lot of those come off of just fishing in the water, mm-hmm. uh, fishing together. Whether it's the brand team out fishing or or you know our brand team as we fish with David and you know some of our pros and different things, but um, a lot of it's just from using it. We say, man, that thing kind of jukes and jives like relative to the juke, and we say, well, hey, juke's a good name. Um, the, the dredger, for example, the thing dives so deep that that bill, when it's scraping across the bottom, it's kind of, kind of dredging, if you will. And the digger, same kind of thing. It digs quite, quite awesomely. Uh, the war, the war pig is another great example. It kind of, it has a look and feel on the bait that looks like it's, uh, you know, a battleship getting ready to go to war. So it's kind of a, that's actually the fun, really, really fun part of the process where we, where we get to, you know, challenge our creative minds and just think of, think of oddball names if you will but they really stick to and speak to what the product does now we we talked before we started recording this podcast and you mentioned that you guys are already thinking about 2019 and 2020 or 2020 Mm -hmm. however they want to say it how do you see lures changing as far as how they are now to where they're going to go in the future and that's a fun question you know generically within within the u.s and even partly globally you know, there's some really cool trends right now on very non-traditional baits. Um, you know, we talked, like you said before the before the podcast, about uh, different competitors that have really lifelike look and feel um, baits, looking like little mini rainbow trout, so to speak, or different kind of bats and things like that. So I think as a mark as a market hole, you'll see some of those trends kind of continue. Uh, but in the same time, I think you're going to see some trends start to move back to some of the more retro. Uh, kind of a things um, looking at like, you know, some of the techniques that are common in Japan as some of those products come across to, to the U S or some of the things from Europe that are really kind of retro kind of, if you think about like the, um, uh, the predecessor to the Whopper Plopper as an example, the, the, the big musky lures that are kind of retro, big bulky things. Some of that stuff might start to come back is, you know, it seems like fishing is very cyclical and, you know, everything that kind of goes around comes around, you know, and then I think you'll you'll definitely see some more uh, innovative technologies, whether there's more sound emitting devices introduced into lures or 
um, different materials to make them more durable or uh, have higher, faster sink rates and things like that. So it's a little bit of a little bit of everything. I think you'll see over the next uh, several years. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very curious about the sound aspect. There's a lot of people adding actual electronics inside these lures now to make them emit different sounds. And you yourself said that you know you guys have to you know tune it into a certain frequency to get the bass to react to it the way you want to. So that's that's something that's very interesting that we can see how the, the future of fishing lures is, is trending up that way. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, if you if you think about it, just the the technology that goes into creating lures to catch more fish, whether it's a soft plastic or a or a hard lure, you know, I think we're as an industry, we're just now on the tip of the iceberg on really understanding what drives fish. I mean, we have a pretty good feel from a from a taste and a sight perspective and a scent perspective, even. But now that whole sound thing. That's that's really interesting. I think it's really cool. You'll see some really creative stuff, I think, in the market over the next several years around sound. And before the podcast started, you were saying that at the facilities that you test the lures, that you have these huge tanks full of bass that you actually test each individual lure to see how the bass react to it. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, so, again, you know, Berkeley, we're all about the science of fishing. We have a full fish uh, research center that's staffed with fish biologists that they their whole number, the job in life is to to figure out how to act and think like a fish. And we kind of joke about it, but that's really what they do. And in terms of understanding what, what bass eat or crappie eat or pike or a snook, whatever species we're kind of creating something for, but understanding what they eat, how they eat, when they eat, why they eat, what's attractive to them. If they're predator fish, what makes them strike uh, different things. And so we have uh, in our lab, a, a bunch of different tanks that hold fish that we can, test them, you know, from different flavors and scents to even a, a circular racetrack lab or a fish tank rather, where we can drag lures at different speeds and show fish different presentations to understand how they strike, whether we can test actions or speeds or colors or flash or all those different kind of things that make fish strike. And that's actually really interesting to watch and see how, how fish react. Um, and, and that's, something that unique that Berkeley brings to the, to the world, I think. Yeah, that would be interesting to watch because you, you never quite know what's going on in the water. If you have a tank of that size and, and a, a system of that magnitude, you can actually really learn fish behavior. I think it's something that you guys could probably sell tickets to the and professional anglers to go over your shop and there, test out their own little things to make sure that they learn what, what the bass are doing. You're probably right. I think that's a new market idea for us. I, I will buy a ticket. I'd even give you a little credit on that one. All right, Jeremy, we're going to take a quick commercial break here from our sponsors. But when we get back, I want to talk to you about Berkeley Power Bait Max Sense and why so many anglers are using it right now and casting checks using this particular set of lures. All right, let's face it. Fishing apps are popping up everywhere, but they're here to stay. I've tried my fair share of them, and along the way, I found Angler. Angler is like a combination of all of my favorite fishing tools under one roof. Angler has taken my boat electronics, weather reports, fishing logbook, and a whole community of other like-minded fishermen and placed it all inside my smartphone, tablet, and desktop for free, giving me a powerful fishing tool to record, learn, compete, and collaborate with other serious anglers. Look, Angler is not just another fishing app. It allows me to connect optional Bluetooth devices that keep me off my phone and record all the fishing information for me. I've been fishing with the Angler Bullseye for over two months now, and I've recorded all of my catches and waypoints by just clicking the Bullseye button. 
It's that simple to get all the fishing information I need. I just focused on fishing and the angler did the rest. The best part is that all of the information that I did record is completely private and saved securely on my angler account. So are you ready to give it a try? Just head over to angler.com. That's A-N-G-L-R.com. 100% free to join, 100% free to use. Stop buying cheap braid. Hey guys, this is Cody from FanaticTackle.com. Like many of you, I've spent thousands of dollars on braided fishing line in the past years, always looking for the best deal to get the job done. What I didn't realize was how much money I was wasting by having to repurchase more often than I should. Fanatic Pro Series braid is built to last. It doesn't fade or bleed, casts extremely well, and is highly abrasion resistant. So you can spend less time buying and more time on the water. Go to FanaticTackle.com to pick up braid that is built for performance angling. Hey everyone, Aaron here from Woo Tungsten. We get asked all the time, why did we call it Woo Tungsten? What we did is we wanted a brand that we could have some fun with. We're anglers ourselves building a brand in a community for other anglers around an amazing product. We were super tired of spending a ton of money on high-end tungsten and having it chip after just half a day. We've got some of the toughest paint in the industry, some of the best weight designs that come from some of our elite anglers to make sure that we've got one of the best products at the best prices for you at the same time making a brand in a community that's going to make you yell woo on and off the water. We couldn't be more proud of what we've done. We love what we're doing, and you will too. Check us out, wootungsten.com. All right, Jeremy, so let's get into the Berkeley Powerbait Max scent. Uh, what is this set of lures all about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Powerbait Max scent is our next generation uh, to the Powerbait line. Uh, so if you think back in 1988, we introduced Powerbait as the first um, uh, flavor-enhanced soft bait. And, of course, it has a very distinct odor when you open the bag. Uh, but what we've done over the last few years is worked on different material uh, technologies and things to try to figure out how to make Powerbait better. And with Max Scent, we actually have a, a very innovative material that it releases a scent attract into the water. Uh, so as fish are swimming by, they see the action of the bait, they get curious, then they can smell it. And it gets a smell that makes them want to attack and eat the bait. So then they eat it. And, of course, then it tastes like power bait, to which they hold on hold on longer, giving you time to set the hook. So, uh, again, just kind of taking power bait to the next level. And um, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's really new for us, too, in that it's um, – we went, went, kind of went back in time and looked straight at nature, looked at different bait fish to give to come up with that color list. You asked a while back about how we came up with different colors and things like that. And one of the things you'll see with uh, power bait max scent, it's very, very matte-looking colors very much more kind of what you would see in nature itself um like shad looks more like a shad color and things of that nature um but it's brand new technology for us and pretty excited about it okay so how does the berkeley uh the power bait max scent how does that differ from uh say berkeley gulp so good good question so gulp it's very very similar from a how it works in terms of you know gulp also releases scent into the water the big difference is in the material. Um, gulp, if you've ever used it, is really good for – it's rechargeable in that you can stick it back in the container and it'll uh, kind of shrink and swell and, and, and refuse itself, if you will, with the, uh, with the liquid attractant. One of its downfalls is if you're making big, long boat runs or if you're fishing over multiple occurrences, if it will dry out over time. Powerbait Max does not dry out. Uh, so for a bass angler, and this stuff is really kind of specific to bass, 
you can you know keep it your rod rig, throw it on your deck, run a, make a good long run of you know seventy miles an hour, and this stuff's not going to dry out. Uh, we've worked on it so much that I can fish the same bait like up to eight weeks as an example, and it still remains soft, pliable, and has a scent releasing technology. And so that's really the biggest difference. It's kind of like gold, but a little bit different. Uh, and that doesn't dry out, but it's more like power bait than, than gold, if that makes sense. Okay. So uh, the podcast is called On the Hook, and I wouldn't be a good host if I didn't put you on the hook for a quick second. So I have a question for you, for you to answer. And the question is, if you had to choose one hard bait and one soft plastic by Berkeley to fish for today, which one would it be and why? Oh, that's a hard question. Uh, the hard the bait, I would answer with the war pig. Um, ultimately from a couple of reasons. One is I love the look and feel of the bait. I love, I really enjoy it kind of, like I said, or a while back, it kind of looks like a, a bait that's getting ready to go to war. Uh, I really enjoy fishing it. It's really versatile for me. So I can do, you know, I can rip it along weed edges. I can yo-yo it. I can fish it deep. I can fish it shallow. We've got a good size range from a, a quarter ounce up to three quarter ounce. And I can fish multiple, um, for multiple species. Uh, so I'm based here in Spirit Lake, Iowa. And in our lakes here that we get to fish quite often have largemouth, smallmouth, walleye, um, pike. We have some musky, catfish, uh, all different kinds of panfish. And with the war pig and the size range, I can catch any number of those fish in any given day. Uh, so for that, I really like it. And I've had success in different fisheries too. I took it to El Salto this year, caught a bunch, a bunch of fish on it. And I just, at the end of it, it, as you know, fishing all comes back to confidence. I think I have confidence, more confidence in the war pig just based on my style of fishing than anything. Uh, on the soft bait piece, man, you can't go wrong with a power bait chigger craw, but I would say my new favorite ultimately is the, um, the power bait max scent creature hog. Um, so it's a, it's a creature bait that I use uh, flipping. I love to flip dogs. That's what I do probably nine times out of 10 fishing wise. And it's an awesome bait to pair with our fusion 19 flipping hooks has great actions, got the properties of a parrot max scent and it just catches, just flat out catches fish. So if I was to only pick two baits, that's what I'd go to war with. Good deal. Yeah. The war pig is, is my favorite as well. Um, I haven't fished with all of the new Berkeley hard baits, but the war pig, I definitely enjoy. So I, I like that a lot. Berkeley is known for the fishing line, the soft plastics and now the hard baits. But you guys make an array of different products out there. And what are some of the other products you make that people should be paying attention to? Absolutely. We've got uh, two big lines that I'd love to talk about. And we've got our, our rods that are we've had for years and years and years. But the last couple of years, we really dove into uh, hooks and terminal tackle and tools. Uh, so we have a new sub-brand called Fusion 19, um, of which we're bringing out hooks and, and jigs and things of that nature our hooks are flat out awesome um they're super 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 sticky and one of the things that's been kind of fun for me with with our hooks anyways and our pros is watching them interact with our baits that have hooks so all of our hard baits have fusion 19 hooks uh, of course we have like ewgs and weighted swim bait hooks and the full range of traditional hooks but there's been several pros that say that they're actually scared of our hooks because they are so sharp that you got to be really careful and you know, those kind of things. So that's the hooks are, are pretty phenomenal for us. And then our tools. Um, this year we launched a new rate range of, um, of uh, pliers and cutters and our super line cutter is 
awesome for a $10 braid cutter. You can't go wrong. I mean, if you ever fish with braid, you know, it's not easy to cut. You pretty much have to have three hands to make it work. And I don't know what our engineers did, but they've made these little pliers or these little um, super line cutters rather that somehow grabs the line, pinches it and cuts it all in one fell swoop. So you can really, really and truly cut a limp braid, which is a, a great thing to have. So, um, you'll see us continue to innovate around those kind of categories, but I'm really jacked up about our hooks and tools right now. We're having a lot of fun with those. Jeremy, before we go, tell us where we can learn more about Berkeley Fishing and the new products we have coming out right now. Absolutely. A multitude of places. Check out uh, berkeley-fishing.com. Uh, we've got a, a great site that has a lot of information about our products. And then any of our social media channels, whether it's Facebook uh, Instagram or YouTube. YouTube's got a ton of different videos, how-to videos, uh, product videos, and things like that. So there's no shortage of information about Berkeley out there. That's for sure. Well, Jeremy, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciated it. Absolutely, my pleasure. There you have it, fishing folks. Another great podcast episode is in the books. We are done, finished, uh, complete. Uh, thanks again, Jeremy, who, for coming on, telling us about Berkeley and, and how you guys go from beginning to the end results of getting the product out onto the market. It was really informative, and I really appreciate all that you did uh, and all the information you shared with us. Now, fishing folks, if you are new to the Fishing Ministry on the podcast, please subscribe to us. We are on iTunes. Uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can find us on Facebook, The Fisherman's Journal, Instagram, The Fisherman's Journal, and YouTube, The Fisherman's Journal TV. Um, so if you guys have any questions, concerns, feel free to email us. Give us a call. We're here 24-7 filling your calls, uh, trying to make this podcast and the website the best fishing news website that you guys can come to. So give us all the feedback. We really do appreciate it. But until next time, guys, be safe out in the water. Wear your life jackets. Um, practice safe boating. And until we meet again, tight lines and big fish. Sayonara.